0: Hey guys, welcome back to Floral Couch Conversations. I'm Emily.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to Floral Couch Conversations. I'm Melissa.
0: Steal my line.
1: I just, every time you say it, I feel like we're at home. I don't really know how we establish
0: that I start this off, but it's just going to happen. It's a thing now. And I find myself, or I catch myself saying, hey guys, in real life, (laughs) and it's just weird.
1: Just start every conversation with people in real life with, hey guys, welcome to Floral Couch
0: Conversations. (laughs) I just have. I'd have to bring a floral couch with me. Maybe we should get like mini ones, keychains. <gasps> we should. That would be so cool. After like we talked about on last
1: episode, how Merch. keychains are yes. cool. But
0: <laughs> I love keychains. Uh,
1: yeah, I, w- I would. If I was a floral couch one, I would. I also was listening to a podcast recently that they are giving away like license plate covers. I was like, I wonder if we could do some sort of floral couch license plate cover. That would be kind of funny.
2: I put it on my car.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: I've seen pop sockets. Those are cool.
1: Oh, we could do that too. So my problem, I don't use a pop socket because I have like the magnet so I can put it on my dashboard. Oh, that's cool. I don't have one either.
0: Actually, I have one on my work phone.
1: At least I don't think you can do both unless there's a magnetic pop pop socket, in which case that would be the best thing ever. But (laughs) Anyway, should we welcome our guest?
0: We have two wonderful guests today.
1: Jamie. Our dear, dear friend from college, and her six-month-old.
2: No, eight months. Old. Eight month. Oh my god! Wow. <gasps> yeah, today she's eight
1: months old. Oh my gosh! Eight-month-old Amelia. Yeah.
0: She's just yelling at you for forgetting her. I age. know. I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I always claim that we're best friends, and now she's like, "You don't even remember how old I am." Yeah. Yeah. My bad,
0: Amelia. Please forgive me. Common misconception: She's not named after us. <laughs>
1: Really, only we say that, and it's if anything, she's more named after you because em- Amelia, Emily, but my name ends in an A, so I like to pretend it that does it's...
2: sound like a combination.
1: Yeah, right.
2: Which I never realized until today. Like I've heard Emily say that we named her after her, but uh, I didn't realize it kind of does sound like a combination.
0: Right. Emily. And Alyssa. No, I mean it's... I realized that she was not named after me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I,
2: yeah, but it's still it's... A funny joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and. We found out after she was born that my great grandma was Amelia. Oh, she went by Emily. So there's kind of a legitimate it's, connection. That's there. cool. Yeah. yeah. My great
0: grandma was Emily and that's why I'm named Emily. Oh. So fun fact. Very cool.
1: Well, Jamie. So we met back. We were actually freshman year roommates in college, mm-hmm. which would you ever imagine that? How many years later? What year is it? Eight years later. We would still be friends and hanging out and having a blast?
2: No. I mean, I liked you right from the start, but like looking back, I feel like I give terrible first impressions. So, I guess I'm a little surprised that you've tolerated me for this
1: No, I feel like we bonded right from the start too. I remember before we moved in, we like met at a Buffalo Wild Wings and talked for like a couple hours. And I was like, "Oh, I could get along with this girl." And then, I mean, everyone like freshman year especially like kind of finds themselves, figures out who they want to be. So, we definitely have been through some, like, learning about ourselves, but...
2: Yeah, and I remember when we met up at in Lakeville, because it was kind of halfway-ish, I, like, would not stop talking about, I think, like, church and religion and my, like, church youth group that I loved, but, like, I was kind of figuring out like my priorities at the time and I was just like thought it was the right thing for me to be super duper into it and like I had to go to into college being extremely connected to my church group otherwise like I was just gonna be like destroyed as a human being yeah and then I eventually like let that go and stop worrying about it (laughs) but like I remember you telling me when we like at the end of the year we were talking about first impressions at the end of freshman year yep. and you were like I thought you were like a huge Jesus freak <laughs> I, I don't know if those
1: are my exact words <laughs> No, that's
2: that's how I remember it. So okay. I mean, not, you definitely wouldn't have said it that abrasively
1: <laughs> yeah well and I had I, like have gone to a Catholic school my whole life so and Emily has too so like when we first met I was like oh okay we're into church Normal. like yeah it's whatever <laughs> I was like we can get along it'll be fine yeah. but yeah when Emily and Jamie when did you guys meet uh
0: we met freshman year probably, but I don't know if I really remember any interactions. I was kind of just like creepily on the outside of your guys' friend group.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I remember just that day in the Graceman, but we didn't really become friends until sophomore
0: year. Yeah. Right. I think sophomore year is when we all became friends. Because
1: all three of us lived on the same floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first memory I have of
2: like... Kind of talking to you or hanging out with you is that sophomore year? Yep. Experience on
1: the fifth fifth floor, right? Yeah. I think
0: you guys are lucky that you were random freshman roommates and are still friends because I have like three roommate horror stories from freshman year alone. So I, because I, I mean, I went to two different schools freshman year. Each semester, I went to school in Chicago from Minnesota Mm -hmm. and there was a Facebook group for freshman year people at Loyola. So I found someone who was from like a town away from us, uh, like a couple miles away from me. And I was like, oh, she's from Hopkins. Like we'll be friends. Um, She's from Minnesota. And we started talking on Facebook and then agreed to be roommates. So, and I didn't actually meet her until the first day of class. And she's, she seemed like normal, like we became friendly, but she didn't want to do anything. Like she didn't want to come to any of the events. And um, so I just started going making friends without her. And yeah. then three days after we were there, she decided she was dropping out of school. Oh, three days? Yeah, it was like class started like a week before Labor Day. And then we had like three days of class and then Labor Day weekend, she went home to Minnesota and never came back. Wow. And I she mean, like, I guess if you know, it's not a right fit. And so I was roommate-less for a few months, and everyone thought I was, like, this weird girl who yeah. scared her roommate away. Oh. And then I got another roommate who ended up being a girl who just, like, hated college, like, hated all our classes and was having, like, a super rough time. And she she wouldn't even get out of bed. And I was having a really rough time, too, because clearly I transferred away yeah. from the school. but it did not help me that my roommate was also like having a super rough time and was super negative and constantly complaining. So then both of us ended up transferring. Okay. And then I transferred to St. Thomas, got another random roommate. And this girl, she was like a nice person, but we did not have the same interests. And she had like all these rosaries everywhere not that I'm judging but um there were like rosaries you thought she was a Jesus freak I'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) there were um rosaries tied like above my bed and I remember not like I don't notice I didn't think I noticed when I moved in because my mom made my bed and like put all my blankets and stuff on my bed and then I remember I went to sleep and the next morning after I had moved in, I woke up and I see all these rosaries surrounding me. And I immediately called my mom and I was like, were all these rosaries here when you made my bed yesterday? And she's like, yeah, they were. Because I was like picturing her putting them there in the night while I was sleeping. (laughs) And then she also had her own senior pictures framed on the wall, which I thought was a little
1: weird. That's a little strange. Yeah, yeah, that one. Interesting. You also had like a sweet maid that was a little... Out of control, right? Or no, that was sophomore year. Never mind. But freshman year.
0: Oh, not out of control. She just never came out of her room. We tried to talk to her, but she was...
1: Wait, who was Sex Maniac?
0: Oh, she wasn't a sweet mate. She was next door. Oh. (laughs) 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 Hence Hence the name. Yeah, we called the girl sophomore year who lived next to me Sex Maniac because we never saw her, but we always heard her. In her room, being really loud at night. <laughs> I mean... To the point where I couldn't sleep when it was happening. Because our beds were, like, on opposite sides of the wall. So yeah. I could hear everything that was going on, and it was not fun. Did you end up sleeping with earplugs? Yeah, every night. Seriously? Earplugs were my best friend, because Plus, my roommate also snored, so...
1: <laughs> College. I remember that. So, Jamie, you went to... Did you start with an econ major?
2: I... When I first went to St. Thomas, I was interested in economics and chemistry.
1: Oh, interesting. I didn't know.
2: And physics. So when I came for our freshman orientation and they have you like sample a class, I sat in on a chemistry class and kind of realized that's not for me. Mm -hmm. But I also really loved physics in high school. And I loved my econ class in high school, which is why I was interested in the two of them. So I took physics And Calc and Econ, my freshman uh, fall semester, and I just loved Econ, so I stuck with it for the rest of school. Yeah. I I had my major picked out, um, you know, by the end of that semester. I was sure I wanted to study economics.
1: Yeah. And so there's like a key moment that sticks out to me where I'm like, wow, she's definitely meant to be an Econ major, because just like the way your brain works is like in the terms of economics and I can't even remember like you'll have to retell a story in economic terms because I'm clearly not an economist but you were describing traffic to me in some sort of do you remember this at all yeah. in some sort of like economic terms and I was like oh my gosh she's so found the right calling.
2: <laughs> I, I feel like I remember my junior year probably um, because I started commuting from Champlain to St. Thomas for school thinking about like the economics of traffic and like when certain people like choose to leave their house based on when they have to get to work and how much like traffic they're willing to put up with and I thought it would be really cool to be able to study like when people leave and how much time they end up sitting in traffic to get to their destination yeah you know based on what they're like willing to put up with I think it was something like that yeah
0: So you were an econ major in college, and now you're a pricing strategy analyst. How did you get there? Is that something you always wanted to do, or is it just kind of something that happened? It's
2: it's a little bit of both. So when I worked in retail in college, I found it to be fascinating when we would do, like, for clearance, when we'd mark down the products. I remember telling my coworkers, like, oh, this is the job I want to do. I want to work at a company and figure out what price we should make the products to like maximize profit. Like I think that'd be fascinating, <laughs> and I also thought it'd be fascinating to like just have all the data, like sales data from inside a company, and figure out like what you know what is optimal based on the products. Like I knew I wanted that job. I didn't know if it existed. Um, but then my one of my professors, who I wasn't in class with her at the time, but I went in to say hi and like, you know, just catch up a little bit, and she told me about this pricing strategy analyst job at Medtronic that was open because I was probably telling her about the type of work I wanted to do, and she said, "Oh, there's a job like that open. Um, you should email the director." So I did, and. Um, he was actually done taking resumes and was scheduling interviews, but he decided to schedule one with me as well. And then in my interview I told him about like what I'd told my coworkers in the past that I wanted to do this job where I could figure out what like clearance prices should be. I wanted to do pricing strategy work and I'd always kind of thought about it from a retail perspective because I'd worked retail in college for three years, sophomore. Year on, and then they well, they actually ended up not offering the job to me, which really stunk because I thought, Oh my gosh, like how exciting that I would just happen to find out about this job! By Mm you know, it's like just a it felt like an amazing coincidence. And then he called me to tell me that I didn't get the job, but lucky for me, that person ended up and he told me I was like the runner up, so he was like, He said, like. This is my last call of the day because this is just the hardest phone call I have to make today because you didn't get the job, Um, even though he wanted to hire me. He didn't tell me this at the time because he couldn't, but he wanted to hire me, but the overall panel didn't think I was the best fit. Um, But then that person took a job at Target, so best of luck to them. Um, and And I got the job, and I've been there now for four and a half years, and I love it like i feel like it was it's the perfect fit for me um medtronic is a really good company it's pretty much exactly what i wanted to do and now i feel like i have the opportunity to kind of go into other fields like maybe marketing or sales operations or something like that like that you know along those lines or you know do pricing strategy maybe at a small startup or or transition to retail like i originally thought i would um you know, I just, it, it's kind of lucky. Like, its ha- I happened to get the job mm-hmm. whose description I knew I wanted, but I didn't even know it existed. And so it was kind yeah. of, I don't know, amazing.
0: I and, like to use the word fate. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, well, I love talking about kind of these kind of stories where it's like, if this didn't happen, then this wouldn't happen. Yeah. And it just goes to show that, like, everything happens for a reason. At least that's what I believe. And Agreed, yeah. It's just, it's cool.
1: Yeah. Um, As part of your job, you got to travel internationally for a while. Can you talk about that a little bit?
2: Yeah. So in 2017, I went on a six-week trip to Dubai, and that was pretty (laughs) scary for me. I'd never traveled internationally before. Um, But the purpose of the trip was, um, so we have an office in Dubai, and that's kind of like our main office for our Middle East and Africa region. So I was there to do um, a project around like the risk of pricing transparency for our Saudi Arabia market, and it was just something that they didn't really have the resources to do in the past. Um, so I spent six weeks kind of focusing on that, and I got to present to my, my work to like the sorry to the local marketing people there, and. Um, yeah, it was a, it was an amazing experience, and it helped me to grow in my confidence professionally, um, because I had to just kind of get this ambiguous assignment and take it and run with it. Mm-hmm. And I got, I felt like I was getting really good feedback from my boss and the woman who was uh, managing me while I was there. And it's not like the norm; like Medtronic doesn't send people to Dubai all the time. Like this was like a one, this is like a one of a kind sort of trip. And it was something that only like being on the global pricing team that you'd get that experience there. Like it's not, it's, it's nice because it's not a traditional finance role, but it's also not a traditional marketing role. And we are sort of in our role, like it's sort of like a consultant type role. Mm-hmm. So we get to work with Like multiple business units, multiple geographies, and I get a lot of exposure across the company. So
0: very cool. What did you think about Dubai?
2: Oh, I I thought it was really cool. I was a little scared at first to like travel to a Muslim country. Like, you know, it sounded a little scary. But then um, I talked to a bunch of my friends who are in the military or did like private security and had been to that region and they said, Oh, it's so amazing, like you have to go. And I was like, okay, my military friends are telling me it's a good idea. I feel like they'd have the most realistic picture of what kind of country it is. And if they think it's safe, it's obviously safe. Yeah. So I wasn't really scared like after talking to them to go. I was like not really sure what to expect. And I feel like a lot of what you hear about is true. Like one of my uh guy that I met there, the brother of the woman that I was staying with, He had a car auto lease while he was there and he drove Maserati. So like I got to ride in that. Like like people like legit have fancy cars and stuff and there's like a million like luxury shopping malls and it really is like what people make it out to be. It's very, very westernized. But it also it has like very rich like Muslim heritage where like they have prayer rooms at the uh, malls and like you'll hear the like call to prayer over like the speakers Mm -hmm. when you're out shopping and which I actually thought was really beautiful because it's like I like that sound of like chanting and they had like lots of very like traditional people there where like depending on what part of the city you were in you like can't walk around in like short shorts and a crop top like People will get very upset. Like, they won't do anything. They won't, like, harass you, but, like, it's people will, like, stare and, like, you feel like you're dressed inappropriately. Yeah. But then, if you're, like, in the downtown area, you can kind of wear whatever you want and, like, you're totally free to be who you are. So, it's, it was such a mix of, like, a very conservative country, but also very modern, you know? Like, it's an interesting experience, cultural experience. And I would definitely go back. Like, I think it'd be fun to go, like, on a vacation-type trip there. Very cool.
1: So not too long after you got back from Dubai, we got a lovely surprise that you were expecting. Yep. (laughs) I feel like I made that sound a lot, like, shadier, like it happened in Dubai, but... (laughs) (laughs) It was a few months after you got back. Yeah.
2: So, yes, I... Found out I was pregnant in J- July 3rd. Okay. Um, I got back from Dubai at the end of April. So, yeah. Okay. Like so,
1: I feel like I, I yes. worded that. We've, we've
0: cleared that up. <laughs>
1: I saw, I'm sorry. I felt like I worded that really badly. So well, uh. I've actually
2: heard a few jokes about that. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Like, uh, my husband's coworkers made a joke about um, the baby being, like, Arabian.
0: Oh, I don't like that. No,
2: it's like, I know that they mean well, but pretty
1: inappropriate.
0: Right. Yeah, I I never even thought of that until now. Yeah, I'm well, not- I remember because
1: someone told you like, oh, is that the yay, Jamie's back from Dubai, baby? Yeah. <laughs> like you were celebrating <laughs> being back after six weeks apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, someone did
2: comment that. But it's funny because it like, it didn't happen, like, right when I came back, you know? Yeah. And it, I could, like, see how it does appear that way. But it doesn't really rub me the wrong way, like, that comment, because I'm like, whatever. Like, we we always knew we wanted a family. Right. So, and it just happened when it happened. Yeah.
1: How has it been since you've been back to work, balancing momming and work?
2: Well, so it's... The first couple weeks were the hardest because the baby wasn't in daycare yet, and she stayed home with my husband, with Dan, and she was still so, like, little. I had to cut my, like, you get 12 weeks of, like, leave uh, through FMLA. You're entitled to that. And I had to cut it short because we didn't have a paid maternity leave policy when I had Amelia. That actually was implemented May 1st, but... It was only for babies born after May 1st. So I was on maternity leave and they rolled out a policy where you got paid maternity Oh my gosh. Leave. But I had to go, I had to take two weeks unpaid and go back two weeks early.
1: Oh my gosh. So that,
2: that sucked, but you know, whatever. It'll be better the next time. Yeah. But she was still so tiny and she didn't want to take her bottles. And she's always been so petite that she would cry all day because she was hungry and she didn't want to eat out of a bottle. And I had to be at work. Like I didn't have a choice. So that was rough, but now that she's older and more like well adjusted, it's pretty easy because the people on my team are they're super understanding, you know, like they all pretty much have kids. The hardest thing is like I, I didn't have my work email on my phone because I liked not getting work emails like on my personal phone, and I had to put it back on there because I'm, you know, always running a little late in the morning. And I have to leave work at 5 p.m. to go to daycare. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really think about that until kind of I was on my way back to work and we had our daycare situation lined up. But thats it's difficult to feel productive and to feel like you're contributing as much as you were before when you have to leave work at 5, no exceptions. Because I used to work until like 5:30 or 6 all the time. And that's just not and, – and if my husband picked her up from daycare – and theoretically, I could work until six. Well, I'd get home, and she'd have to go to bed. So, it's not just about like the pressure of having to leave to get to pick her up on time, but also the fact that like I only get two hours with her every day, and that's it. So, I'm not willing to stay at work late and miss out on my time with my daughter. You know, so that's that's hard.
0: I want to back up a little bit and talk about what it's been like being not the only one but one of the only ones of your friends that has a baby like you were kind of kind of one of the first. Mm-hmm. So what has that been like?
2: Well, so I went to a support group while I was on maternity leave and I met like a couple other moms and my husband has coworkers who have children so like I've been able to make friends with other moms and that's really nice and helpful but then I feel like I don't get to spend as much time with my friends from college and that sucks but what I've been doing is like oh we're going to Oktoberfest I'll bring my baby (laughs) like I'm not gonna miss out or you know lose like my friends because you need uh, you need friends you need a support group and like I'd be miserable if I you know lost all those connections so I've just kind of you know become like a like my mom said I'm an on-the-go mom like I have a portable high chair I keep in my trunk and I bring a lunchbox with baby food in it wherever I go and I have three different baby carriers so that I can walk around and have her on me and yeah I feel like I'm determined to just like still go out and see my friends and Seems like they're all okay with me bringing the baby with. <laughs> so,
0: Amelia came to my bachelorette party, which I thought was pretty cool. She's the youngest guest there. Yeah. yeah.
1: She was three months, I think. At the time. It's awesome that you've made that like such a priority and looks like you're doing fantastic.
2: The th- Honestly, like, I feel like it's really fun for me to get to go do stuff and bring the baby mm. with. Um, the thing that I, you know, worry about more is like oh are other people gonna be like oh i wish jamie wouldn't bring her baby with that's so <laughs> annoying <laughs> but i don't know i feel like people would you know just maybe not invite me if they were like sick of my
1: behavior
0: <laughs> i mean i don't really think it's annoying like what's annoying about a cute baby really? but maybe that's just me
1: yeah i was gonna say i'm like sort of baby obsessed so for I don't, me i, I think, have a skewed
0: view maybe for me and oh i speak for myself but Maybe some other friends, but I think you're setting a good example for, for friends who are either just getting married or like thinking about that because like you show that you don't have to give up your life when you have a baby, you can keep doing the things you want to do. It's just like you make sacrifices, but you also prioritize the things that are important still.
2: Yeah. Well, and like one thing that Dan and I have learned is even though she'll fall asleep in her car seat and snooze on the way home. We still need to, like, if we go out to a brewery, which are very kid-friendly. Like, I see lots of kids and babies there. But you still need to leave at, like, 7 or 8 p.m. to get the baby to bed on time. Otherwise, she'll be very pissed at you. (laughs) Um, But other than that, I just, I feel like kids are so portable. And (laughs) she seems to have fun, like, going out and doing stuff and, like, seeing new places. And I feel like it's a good experience for her. And she kind of learns, like, how to behave in public. Because another reason that I like doing it, too, is I have friends who we'd be like, oh, you guys want to go have dinner? And they're like, oh, no, we can't. We have the kids. And we don't want to babysit. I'm like, bring the kids. I love kids. Like, I don't care. And they just wouldn't. They're like, no, like, our two-year-old will have a meltdown in the restaurant. Like, But doesn't she need to learn how to behave, like, in a restaurant? Like, I mean, if you never take her, how is she going to learn? So... I think it's it's fun to like go do fun stuff as a family, and I feel like it's a good like social. Not only does it keep me sane and Dan sane, and keep us happy because we have that. It's almost like we get to go on dates. We just have a baby along. I also feel like it's beneficial for her, like she just learns mm-hmm. you know, how to be social.
0: So backing up even a little bit further, I know you were saying that you you and Dan always wanted to have kids, and like it just kind of happened. But were before that, were you scared at all about getting pregnant or like having a baby or what that would be like? Because I think about it and I'm it terrifies me. The thought of carrying a human in my body and then having to birth that child. I just am scared. So I wanna hear your perspective.
2: Well, so when Dan and I got married, we kind of like from the start were like Okay, if it happens it happens. So, like we ha- we changed our, you know, our behavior a little bit, <laughs> but we didn't expect it to like happen quite as soon. Like my if like my plan cuz I always kind of felt like a planner was like, "Oh, I'd get pregnant in 2018." So like I would be pregnant now. So it kind of happened like a year early, and I wasn't really thinking about like being scared. Like it just didn't cross my mind to like be scared to get pregnant. When I first found out I was pregnant, I was obviously very hormonal. And I remember I I had like a whole box of tissues I'd like taken out because I was sobbing to Dan. I'm gonna gain so much weight. And I, I remember feeling like I finally felt like an adult where I was like confident in my body image. And I was like, perfect, now I'm gonna grow a human inside me. So that's out the door. So like that was like one fear that I had right away. And then I wasn't really worried about like feeling sick and stuff because my mom always told me that she loved being pregnant. It was so much fun. It was so great. She felt awesome. And I think she kind of (laughs) set me up with some unrealistic expectations (laughs) because I had like four months of morning sickness, but, um, you know, I kind of just coped and got through it and it really wasn't that bad. And then the morning sickness went away and then I started to feel super cute. I was like, I loved my little baby bump, and then I started to feel her kick, and that was amazing. So by the time like she was ready to be born, I really enjoyed the experience of being pregnant. It'd be fun. I definitely plan on doing it again. Hopefully that works out for me. <laughs> but I was terrified of giving birth. That is one thing that, like, you are right. I was so terrified of it, especially after going to the birthing class. I definitely felt more prepared. Like there were so many unknowns where I went to the birthing class and it answered all my questions. But I also watched a video of a woman giving birth. And oh my goodness, I remember telling Dan, I can't, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to give birth to a human. He was like, well, (laughs) you're nine months pregnant, so it's a little late for that. (laughs) But I had planned on just kind of going with the flow when I went into labor and Dan had to convince me I was in labor. I was like, these are not contractions. I thought they would hurt way more. Like, they felt like period cramps. And nobody had told me that contractions feel like your period cramps, which I feel like is such a simple explanation. I don't know why Yeah, nobody says that, but that's how it felt I for did, me. is the first time yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah, like really bad period cramps. And they just happen in very consistent intervals. So, <laughs> you know, like that's exactly how it felt for me. And And then I was like... Then they started to get really intense and it was like three minutes apart consistently for an hour. And I was like, woke Dan up. We need to go. This is your right. We, I'm in labor. We need to <laughs> like you were right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's go. And by the time I got to the hospital, I could like not walk and I was shaking in pain. And I was like, you know what? I didn't plan on getting an epidural right when I got to the hospital. I was going to wait until the last minute. And... I definitely can't walk around or sit on the stability ball like I planned on. Like, give me the epidural now. (laughs) And once I got it, I felt fine. And then, you know, like actual labor with your first is usually like 24 hours. Mine was, for, for me, it was 26 hours. Most of that labor, so 23 hours of that, is contractions and getting fully dilated and whatever. For me, I pushed for three hours, which is like long. Normally mm-hmm. you don't push, well, not normally, but lots of people don't actually push for that long. Lots of people do, but, you know, that's on the, the high end. And, like, that's the scary part. But I just always planned on going with the flow and trusting my doctor and just knowing that, like, I can do this because I have to. Like, you don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. And then she was born, and it was, I was, like, kind of, like, hyperventilating after she was finally born because it's so much work. But I felt like, you know, like I was recovering pretty, like you don't feel super sore and in pain, you know, after like a day or two. Like that first day in the hospital, you know, you're kind of sore, felt like you were in a car crash. But like, you know, you get over it pretty quickly and the whole experience goes by pretty fast. So even though it is scary uh, and I was scared for sure. I feel like women are super powerful, and you just do it, and if you have a really good support system, and most people and like, most labor and delivery nurses are very supportive, even if you don't have a very good husband, or your mom isn't there, or whatever, they just tell you, like, how amazing you are, and how strong you are, and how well you can do it, and my mom and my sister and Dan were all, like, crying after she was born, and we're like, you did such a good job, Jamie, and... It was, like, that part of it is very empowering and amazing. And then I had this squishy little seven-pound baby on my chest, and yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's a beautiful experience, even though it's so, it is hard. It is scary, but you're built to do it. So, like, that's empowering. Yeah. And then you have this beautiful little baby.
0: We're both crying. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I'd be crying at the end of this question, but uh, oh my gosh! I remember the first thing that Dan said when we asked him how, like, how'd it go? Like, how he was like, Jamie did amazing. Like, she did such a great job. And I remember both of us were just like, oh, I, love I know. That he said that. I was, I was just thinking that, like,
1: we were. I visited. I got the privilege to go visit you, and you were just gonna hop in the shower. I was like, girl, like you just went through. I don't even know how much trauma to your body. Go take a shower. So I was sitting there talking to Dan, and he was like, just in so much awe at your strength. And I was like, this is like the most beautiful thing. I was, I like texted Emily immediately and was like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't. They're just like too adorable. And it's like very, like, I
2: am lucky I have a really good partner. And he, you know, he has kind of like an abrasive sense of humor and kind of crude but that's kind of the way that we like sort of balance each other out because i'm usually so like you know more on the innocent side <laughs> i guess um but he's also like a really good man and a really good father and he was so supportive through the whole experience and he told me after like how amazing he thought i was and i i'm kind of like in awe at his like maturity and like manliness like to me i'm like wow that is very manly and amazing and I feel like we are you know stronger as a couple you know after having gone through that Mm -hmm. and I feel like a lot of married couples you know you are that way like you got married for a reason because you love each other so much and I don't think like when you see the person that you love go through that I don't think you can help but not love them more you Mm -hmm. know
1: and like appreciate them more. So can we talk about Dan for a little bit? I know you've mentioned him a few times. Yeah. Um, I have a few questions, but one, so we asked you how you felt going back to work, and obviously Dan like so loves Amelia, and he stayed home with her for a while once you went back to work. Was it hard for him to transition and work, be a working dad while having a baby at home too?
2: Well, so I think there's kind of two parts to that. So the first, Thing would be when Amelia was born he took one week off of work because he was saving his time for when I went back to work to then stay home with her um, because we didn't have daycare lined up right away um, so I was home alone with her and hormonal and anxious and stressed out and sleep deprived so I like needed him and needed his support that's one thing that like I, we've been having a talk a lot of talk at work about paternity leave because a lot of my coworkers think like that's sh- all that time, all that paid time they think should go to moms because they're the ones who need it. I'm like, yes, I agree that moms do need good maternity leave, but the moms need their husbands at home for that emotional support and help with the baby because it's a lot of work and it's very stressful. So I think he felt guilty going back to work. And then he was sleep deprived just like me because when he was home, I needed him 100% on and being completely helpful. So he was going to work his like 10 hour days and stressful job and then coming home and being stressed out by being a new dad. So I think that was like I can respect that, like how hard that was for him going but that transition back to work because he needed to take care of himself And me and the baby, you know, like 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I went back to work with, you know, I mentioned before, like the whole bottle situation, he was like calling me because she was crying and wouldn't stop and he actually brought her to work to breastfeed because she wouldn't take a bottle. He brought her to my work. I think he just had a really tough go of it not only going back to work after like right after she was born, but also then like being a stay-at-home dad for a couple weeks before we had daycare because it's not like not quite as natural for a man and like we were breastfeeding. So like her and I had that automatic bond mm-hmm. where like he didn't have, you know, something like that that's so natural. Like, Mm -hmm. it definitely brought it brought to light for us, like, the difference, like, the strong difference between moms and dads. Like, there is a major, like, gender difference. So, like, it takes, it's a lot of work for dads to kind of, like, hit their stride and really become involved. So, when you do see a dad that's, like, being super involved and hands-on and doing the diaper changes and playing with the baby like they are trying because it's not it's not as natural and it sounds like an excuse but there are plenty of dads that don't try that hard or do like the family things and they it's something they should do anyway Mm -hmm. so like but it it's not as natural so like I think it does deserve like a little bit of of praise because they
1: have to work harder at that bond
2: I think so. Yeah. yeah, especially when they're when they're little little babies.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You briefly mentioned Dan's stressful job. So Dan is a police officer. Mm-hmm. How is it being married to a police officer?
2: I don't, I don't really know anything different.
1: Th- that's fair.
2: So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's hard because. We, like, he has such a, he has such a different schedule where, you know, his schedule rotates and there'll be, like, a a month that he doesn't have, like, an entire Saturday, Sunday weekend off of work, so then we don't get to spend, like, really good quality time together, so, like, staying connected or, like, finding time to go on dates is hard, or, like, like, I've turned down hanging out with people before because I'm, like, oh, Dan has the day off of work, Mm -hmm. and I feel like my friend's kind of know by now that like when I say that it's not it's not because I don't want to hang out with you but it's because I don't get to hang out with my husband Mm -hmm. um all the time so I think the whole like schedule or like with when he's working nights and then obviously I have a normal human's life schedule (laughs) like I go to work during the day and then we don't really see each other um for a while you know it's like they always say it's like two ships passing in the night like that that's the the hard part
0: Have you ever been scared about like him being an actual police officer and like him being in danger at his job?
2: I, there have been times like specific times where like something's happening where I am a little scared. Um, like, uh, I think we were up at Scow's cabin and there was like a huge riot in St. Paul or Minneapolis, one of the two, because of, you know, like, a, a police-involved shooting. I th- I'm sure that was what it was anyway. It was a couple of years ago, and he, like, texted me or tried to call me or something to tell me he might have to go down to, like, the city because there was a huge riot going on, and I barely had any cell phone service. So I remember being kind of scared then, but that's an extreme situation, and, like, day to day, I'm not scared because I know he's smart, and I know he puts his safety... First, and he's not going to put himself like in unnecessary risk. Um, mm-hmm. I think his job, like every day, is somewhat risky. But I know that he is like vigilant and like watches his back. And I would be, you know, I don't expect him like someone to like get the jump on him because like I know he takes precautions to protect himself. So I trust him because of that, and because of the type of person he is, and that helps me to relax and not worry about him while he's at work
0: I like listening to him talk about his job yeah just because well for just because it's a learning experience because I don't know a lot about like what a police officer does day to day other than like what I've seen on tv and stuff and like obviously that it's different Mm -hmm. um and just because he's so passionate he's one of those people who's really passionate about what he does and I love listening to people talk about how they love what they do and I think
2: he gets like mm-hmm. he gets irritated with his work some of the time um, because he often feels like everybody hates me because I'm a cop. Like everybody hates the cops. And I tell him I'm like, well, there's lots of people that like appreciate what you do, and like at the very least, like I'm very proud of him for what he does. And we moved to like a neighboring city. Like a bordering city for the city he works in, and I've told him before, like it means a lot to me that he's working in the community where like I'm raising our we're, well, we are raising <laughs> our child and having our family because he's making a difference in that community, and he's really passionate about like narcotics, um, like I don't enforcement or like investigation and that's like a huge impact like if you're to your community if you're getting like drugs off the street like we um, you know you hear about people that they try something once and it spirals their life out of control and if they hadn't made friends who are into drugs or they hadn't like been at that one party maybe their life would have never <laughs> spiraled out of control so if you can like help those like young people to never be exposed to those drugs because you take them out of your community which they're never gonna be one hundred percent gone. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like that's it's a huge impact to so many like young people's lives. And that's like one really easy, clear way to say like he does that at work and that's real that's a really good thing for our society and I can obviously be proud of him for that,
0: you know. Mm-hmm. For sure. I learned just recently, well, this is more Alyssa's story, but um <laughs> I learned that the non-emergency line and 911 is now the same thing. Yeah, I don't know if that's just for this area, but yeah, he told us that because I was telling him
1: how I had to call the non-emergency line.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he was talking to you and I about that. And like, so I don't know if that's just Anoka County because they have like a county dispatch and he, that's the one he gets his calls from.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But yeah, it's the same. So you yeah. should just call 911 if you need to report Well, it made apparently. me feel
0: better because, well, the situation... Do you want to tell the story? Sure. So I was laying in bed at like 10 30
1: PM and I hear like three really loud bangs on my window and I'm like upstairs. So I'm not going to go downstairs and investigate. And it happened one other time when I was home, I was like sitting in my living room, but my neighbors were home and they also heard it. So like the neighbor guy went out and like looked around for me. Cause like, he knows I like I'm a single lady, whatever. And and then they said they heard it one other time, but I must have slept through it. And so this is like the third time and he, they didn't go out, so I, but it was raining. So I think maybe they didn't hear it. So I was like, what should I do? I texted Emily and was like, I don't want to like be the girl that cries wolf, but also I'm like freaked out. Like this is scary. So I called the non-emergency line. And then once Dan told me that, it made sense because when I call, they're like dispatch or something. I don't know how they answer the phone, but I was like, uh, is this the non-emergency line? And they're like, yeah, what do you like? I expected them to like say That they were the non emergency line, so I got scared that I called the wrong number. But then it makes sense that I don't know if they can tell which number is being called or if they answer it the same yeah. way, either way.
2: I think in that conversation, he also told you that what you were experiencing was, in fact, an emergency. Right. That's, so yeah. just call 911. Yeah.
0: That's what I was going to say. Is he also <laughs> said, Oh, yeah, you should call 911 when you're scared and that's happening to you. So yeah. It was a learning experience, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it could happen to me too, and now I know. Like, right. Mm-hmm. And just call 911. And for the record, the police were great. They came
1: and shined spotlights on the front and the back of my house like three times. And mm-hmm. I felt safe after that.
2: Yeah. And well, this is just my thought, but hopefully whoever was doing that to you, like if they were just messing with you or if they were trying to test to see if you'd like come outside, unlock your door, um, maybe they were watching and saw that you called the cops and be like, oh, she means business. Right. But, it hasn't
1: happened since. Okay. So I'm going to go with that. Yeah. <laughs> So switching gears a little bit, Jamie, I was driving the other day and I was behind a Honda Pilot. <laughs> <laughs> Would you want to share your feelings on a Honda Pilot? Because I just think it's hilarious. <laughs>
2: yeah. So I told Alyssa about my conspiracy theory <laughs> about Honda Pilots like a year. I think it was like a year ago in like the fall. And I pretty much hate honda pilots i have been cut off by them multiple times or like they don't take their turn at a stop sign or they like double park or the drivers um like drive in both lanes of traffic or something i just i always notice that honda pilot drivers drive like they own the road and it really bothers me. And I also told you recently about how I have like a really unhealthy sense of like justice. Yeah. So for when I feel like people aren't following the rules, I get very offended. I need to <laughs> let go of that. But it's hard. But then you said you noticed that. Like, I did.
1: Well, whenever I see a Honda Pilot like parked wrong or like <laughs> something, I'm like, Jamie would love this. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to send it. To well, her. and I'm sure that you're like extra biased. The funny thing,
2: too, is I have 2 coworkers who drive Honda Pilots. <laughs> And they're both nice guys, but one of them always double parks.
0: Yeah. So, it, and like, I've
2: told him before, I was like, gosh, I like want to key your car. Like, <laughs> why would you
0: double park? Wait, what's double parking? Like, or just you like park over two more two than one spot. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Double parking can also be like you park and block someone in. That's, like what, I, that's street, what I thought. But yeah. yeah. Well, and like
2: the other, like, it's probably all due to like my unhealthy sense of like justice. Like if you double, if everyone did that we wouldn't all be able to park. So you just shouldn't. Right. But yeah, that's kind of, the, I would say that might actually be how it started because my coworker, <laughs> who I like, like, don't get me wrong, but then I started noticing them all over the road. Like,
1: What's that psychology term that where, you know how you like get a new car and then you start noticing that car everywhere? I wonder if it's one of those situations. I know there's a term for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and I'm sure I'm judging the I don't
2: Honda know. Pilot drivers and not the other drivers. Now
0: I'm going to notice <laughs> yeah. Honda Pilots. I didn't even know what it was until Alyssa just showed me a picture. So. Yeah. <laughs> it looks kind of boxy. My sister calls cars bathtubs. She thinks that like a Ford Explorer looks like a bathtub. She even thinks that your Jeep kind of looks like a bathtub. Really? Do
2: the proportions?
0: Just like wider in the back and then like. Huh. not I'm not really sure exactly what it means. Maybe she can ride in and tell us. Yeah.
1: But. Let us know, Loon. <laughs> okay. One of the last questions I have for you are, what is your secret to great hair? Because I literally, <laughs> every time I see you compliment your hair, well will actually just tell you I hate you because you have such great hair always. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous.
2: I appreciate that. Because <laughs> um, I do, I like my hair. And I've, it's like, we were just talking earlier about how, like, I've had a bunch of different haircuts where, or like, I've grown my hair out and donated it and then had a bob and then a pixie cut, and now it's long again. Um, so it has always grown freakishly fast. I think that part is genetics. But I use Moroccan oil in my hair. Oh. I love Moroccan oil, and sometimes that's, like, the only product I'll use. So, like, extra conditioning and hydrating. And, I mean, I don't avoid, like, blow dryers or curling irons. Like, I definitely full-on use those. So I feel like just... Thanks, Mom, Sheila, <laughs> Wall Howell, for the wonderful genetics. I appreciate you. That's it, probably pretty much it.
0: <laughs> well, your hair is like a walking billboard for your hair styling skills because I Jamie did my hair for my wedding, so yeah. and she did a fantastic job. And
1: she did most of your bridesmaids'
2: hair yes. too. <laughs> I think I did just oh, like I did like half plus one.
0: I don't know what we would have and done without mom. you. Yeah, and she mom. was so
2: nice. <laughs> Aw. I had so much fun, like, doing, I was like, I came to do Emily's hair, and I got to do a bunch of people's hair, and it was a blast.
1: Good, I'm glad. How do you guys feel about playing a game? Let's play. All right. Okay, so, I was thinking we could play the Celebrity Baby Names game, where I tell you the name, and you have to guess who the parents are. Oh, okay. Guys, down. Let's do it. Okay. Start with a, a softball, maybe. Um, Surrey. Ooh, Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes yeah ding 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 (laughs) Moroccan Scott
0: is that the last name
1: I think Scott is the middle name
0: Moroccan yes like Moroccan oil (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) big fan maybe that's why it stuck (laughs) out to me on the list (laughs) (laughs) they're a twin if that
0: helps can you give us any other clues
1: both parents are celebrities and are now divorced Oh, that's like everywhere. Yeah, I know <laughs> I was like that just to narrow it down. Um The Mom is famous for a Christmas song.
0: Mariah Carey. And, oh, and, and nick and- Cannon yes <laughs>
2: sorry you know now that you got that one right emily it makes sense like i feel like
1: mariah carey is very eccentric mm-hmm. so i'm not surprised i don't even know they had children yeah they have twin girls or wait no twins i don't know they're not girls that was a boy okay <laughs> <laughs> let me just lie out. everyone blue ivy beyonce yes that one's an easy one harper seven
2: Seven. Mm-hmm. Seven's the middle name. Mm-hmm. Like the number seven. Interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: That's very telling of the career of one of the parents. I think.
0: S Club Seven? Oh my
1: gosh I wish. I was listening like <laughs> to S Club Seven recent, like last week because it was on a guilty pleasures playlist.
0: So great but no. Is the person an actor? No. Singer? No. Politician? No. <laughs> Wait, what's the name again? Harper. Harper. Harper.
1: Seven. Seven Harper was... is a normal name. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Seven was a jersey number. Oh, sports player. Duh. Okay,
0: I think. <laughs> I mean, it is so a sports is it, player. It's a sport.
1: Um, soccer. Soccer.
0: Cristiano something Ronaldo. No, that's
1: the only
2: soccer player. Yeah, knows. that's that's oh, not true. And him. Oh, wait. No, no, no. You're close.
1: Beckham. Yeah. yeah. Oh. oh, weird. And That's David weird. Beckham and Victoria Beckham. So also a Spice Girl. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> what did you say, Emily? I just yelled out Mia Hamm like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> She's a women's soccer player. Oh,
2: very cool. <laughs> uh, so I guess I know three soccer players. <laughs> Cristiano, what's his nuts? And <laughs> 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 Mia Hamm and uh, Mr. Bendit like Beckham. <laughs> I can't, Sir David. David <laughs> so out there, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Coco Riley.
2: Oh, that's cute.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be oh, just whore My celebrity knowledge is really bad. Yeah. So yeah.
1: the mom is friends with Jennifer Aniston,
0: Courtney Cox.
1: Yes, and David Arquette. Oh.
0: Side note: I just started watching Friends for the first time.
1: Same. Well really? I've, I've watched like I probably have seen most episodes like randomly but I just like started from the beginning I'm on season two.
0: I've probably only seen like a handful of episodes maybe like a couple and we're almost through the first season. I just refused to watch it for so long and I finally gave in.
1: Yeah. Good story. It's good. It's entertaining and I think the episodes are so short that that's why I like. To yep. Listen to same. It. Okay one more. Esmeralda Amada which I may or may not have a mispronounced parents are both actors one of them was in what's that one movie steve carell and emma stone that i'm definitely giving away the person <laughs>
2: oh um that where they get divorced I me yeah. yeah julianne moore isn't it yep is it julianne moore yep no her daughter no, well
0: that's oh. she's in the movie but yeah steve but, carell
1: yeah but who's uh, oh, oh, oh! Uh, <laughs> Ryan Gosling. Yes,
2: and um, what's her name? What is you? the actress's name?
0: I was gonna say Blake Lively, but I always get Ryan Reynolds and oh, Ryan yeah. Gosling mixed oh, up. Power is, couple, though. This
2: is the actress that was in that movie Hitch with Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Do you remember her name? She's the, okay, di- the day to-
1: before Christmas is. Eve, Eve, it's Ava Mendez. I was trying to give you some sort of Uh, hint to get there, but I couldn't think of a hint. Uh, I'm the worst. (laughs) Okay, well, I clearly don't read enough people because I wouldn't have known any of those, which is why I was glad I got to ask the questions.
2: (laughs) The the only one I knew, obviously, was Suri Cruz.
1: You knew Blue Ivy. Oh.
0: I knew Blue Ivy, too. Yeah.
1: such a softball. Yeah.
0: So, Jamie, here is our final question. We've asked all of our guests, if you had a reality show about your life, what would it be called? And give us an explanation,
2: please. So thank you. I've been thinking about this for weeks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like I actually what I thought of was if I had a reality show, it would be called overthinking it with oh. Jamie or maybe just overthinking it but see because I just did it there where like that's what I do all the time with everything I just constantly overthink it overcomplicate things in my mind and am way too sensitive about about certain things and that would definitely be what it would have to be called because if somebody got to like follow me and my thought process they'd be like
1: wow oh my gosh cool it <laughs> like
0: calm down i would probably be like wow extremely relatable I I feel was better.
1: Just, relatable was the word that came back into mind i was like that's definitely me too but
2: and the fact that i've been thinking about that on my drive to work while i listen to podcasts <laughs> just i think solidifies the appropriateness even more
1: yeah <laughs> we love that you're a loyal listener and amelia is gonna come on for some final words well jamie thank you for coming on floral couch conversations we love you jamie thanks and amelia yes jamie and amelia yes thank you (laughs) and thanks everyone for listening to this episode of floral couch conversations if you like what you hear feel free to leave us a
0: five-star review or however many stars you think we deserve Subscribe on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. We're working on getting on Spotify and mm-hmm. a couple other places. So, more to come on that. And thanks everybody for listening. Tell your friends.
1: Yeah. If you have any questions, feel free to email us at floralcouchconversations at gmail.com. Thanks
0: everybody. Bye, guys. Bye.